0: Welcome to the E6 podcast from Colonial Church, a place for candid conversations about what our church community is learning, what's going on in the world, and how it all applies to our lives as followers of Jesus. My name is Tanner. And this is episode 111. Episode 111, and uh, I am joined in the E6 podcast studio. With the one and the only Kelly Morris.
1: Kelly Morris, back at you. Our special guest (laughs) for today. Yeah, I told Tanner, you teed it up like I was somebody (laughs) new and exciting and they were going to expect like some theological
0: Hey, you're a theological guru. Wow. And so- Wow, high praise. Everyone just needs to get ready. I mean, I tell people all the time. I mean- no, <laughs> Just, I, I, like, do not. Wow. I do not. I, tell, no. people, I tell people. Let me be clear,
1: I do not say that all the
0: time. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Kelly Morris, Theological Guru. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I put it on my business card. Oh, man. Well, thanks for, thanks for coming in and being a part of our podcast. Anytime. Today. Yes. Uh, let's see, we have Lauren out. He's not a part of the podcast today, and neither is Brooke. Brooke mm-hmm. is... Uh suffering on the golf course right now. Oh,
1: what yeah. a miserable I'm life. Like, Man, just it's
0: just terrible.
1: Actually that is a miserable life in my book. I would your book <laughs> I do not want to be doing that. So uh
0: I wanna be where he is, but that is okay. My day is coming. It is. You will have your <laughs> golf day, <laughs> sir. Uh I can't believe it's uh episode hundred and eleven. It's it's um it, every week it blows my mind I that know. we've been doing this podcast this long. For, it's kinda crazy.
1: Like do y'all have still solid listenership? I don't know. Four people, maybe. Okay, I'm one hey, of them. I each mean, week, you know, committed so.
0: core. Uh, yeah. four or five people. Four or five people. Our spouses, so that you know we don't get in trouble.
1: <laughs> there you,
0: go. you know, it's it's yeah. whatever. That's all you um, need.
1: Yeah, that's 111 no. episodes strong for
0: those people. That's right. I appreciate. Th- th- I, th- I think that's what matters. Yeah, honestly. I lis- I do listen every week. Actually, yeah. we have a few people that listen. I mm-hmm. think.
1: I, I I appreciate the. Uh, Whatever you say in the interest. See, I've listened to it 111 times. I should know. Candid conversations. Candid conversations. Where we dive deeper <laughs> and all that. Yeah, so I appreciate uh, from this. memory, just go ahead and round uh-huh. it off. Yeah. That'd this is an E6 podcast where we yep do some stuff. <laughs> yep, and we say some things.
0: Uh well, again, thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Uh, I uh I got this new like tablet.
1: Yeah, he's very impressed.
0: I am very impressed. It, it, it's called the Remarkable 2. It
1: actually is pretty remarkable. It's
0: the paper tablet. I got it yesterday. Yeah. We're recording on a Tuesday. Yep. Uh, I got it yesterday, and I haven't been able to do everything with it yet or figure it all out, but I am really loving this thing.
1: It's very fancy. I,
0: it's It feels like paper when you write on it, and you can copy and paste and turn your like handwriting into mm-hmm. text mm-hmm. and send documents and...
1: I don't like that it still looks like my handwriting <clears throat> when I write it. When I you would it. Like, like it to make it pretty. Make it pretty. <laughs> make it pretty. Take my actual handwriting and turn it into right. something beautiful. Well,
0: it, it's actually uh, – that's funny that you say that because it doesn't do that. No. Um, but if you if you write well enough for it to understand what you wrote on the mm-hmm. page, mm-hmm. then it will edit it all down to text for you oh. and it make, make it an actual uh, – document for you. So I am using it right now for podcast notes and all kinds of stuff. I use it for our staff meeting this morning and see here's the list question. Can
1: you read your own writing? Tanner has mm. notoriously bad handwriting.
0: <laughs> I can't, uh, I can't most of the time. No, okay. So,
1: so that's, are we in for it yeah, right I, now? I, I don't know. With this remarkable I, yeah. tablet.
0: Part of, okay, the podcast is going to be What has Tanner written? Right. Um, I think that's a K and <laughs> I like, K. Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Question mark. But I'm really liking this thing. I got it because uh, I started writing uh, more teachings, doing more teaching here at Colonial. And I just get distracted with my laptop. For some reason, mm-hmm. I can't... I just can't get in the right headspace when I'm trying to write something on the laptop. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's because there's all the notifications keep popping up and totally. all that stuff. And so I got this because I need to be able to slow my brain down to the speed of my handwriting. My handwriting, yeah, I get that. And so I'm, I'm trying it now with just writing. I've got a sermon illustration, or a sermon coming up uh, in a couple weeks. So I'm... Trying it with writing everything out, editing oh, it down okay. to text so that I can then edit. But then I can also write myself notes, like when I'm delivering the the, the message or teaching or something. I can write myself notes, trying to remember to say this, that kind of thing. Ah, like a um, little star
1: m- mark next yeah,
0: to it. Instead of having to try and figure out how to type it in there. Cause oh. I'm terrible at note-taking. I'm just not good at it. I get that.
1: I'm also not good at it.
0: So I'm trying to get better at it. And Remarkable has all these like training Videos on how to use it, how to organize your life using the tablet, and all that stuff. So, I'm hoping it will take this very disorganized young man, yeah, and turn him into a slightly more organized young man.
1: I support that. This <laughs> podcast is brought to you by right, the yeah. Remarkable, <laughs> <laughs> sponsored by the Remarkable Tablet. Eh, well, you know. no, I like it. Mm-hmm. I, I support that for you.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that it'll, that it'll work. So, having said that, I'm going to the Remarkable currently. I and to pull you're up gonna some questions.
1: hold it close to your hold it close horrible right eyesight. It's,
0: it is terrible. <laughs> I can't see anything. It's fine. I, that's why I can zoom in. You know.
1: Okay, great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we um, we have been on our podcast. We have been tackling some questions that came in from our "You Asked for It" series mm-hmm. that we weren't able to get to on a Sunday um, during the four weeks that we did our series. So. You got to all of my silly ones, by the way. All the silly ones. I for submitted
1: sure. so many questions, and like nine out of ten of them were silly. And you were got silly, to all, the silly got all ones. of them. And we got all Yeah. You know, we really focus on what's one. important. It's fine. It's fine. It's <laughs> totally fine.
0: So, <clears throat> because we couldn't get to every question in our uh, in our sermon series, we are answering a bunch of them here on mm-hmm. the podcast. True. Um, and so this week, we have a handful of questions we want we want to jump into, and it's all centered around the topic of prayer. Mm-hmm. And so I want to ask this first question to you, Kelly, and just give us a chance to riff on it, I guess riff to talk, on it to talk yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. All right, Here's the first question. Understanding prayer, why do we pray? God already knows every detail and outcome of our days. Multiple places in the Bible we read to ask for anything if we believe we will receive it. So when we pray for healing, for example, mm-hmm. does it imply that we do not believe that it will happen um, when it doesn't happen? Mm. Is, it, is it is it centered around if, if we pray to God for healing and it doesn't happen, mm-hmm. do we is it because we don't have enough faith? Do we not believe it enough? Um, and then it says one discussion suggested that prayer is to build our relationship with Christ. So that's uh, a very long question. Yeah. But understanding prayer. Why do we, I guess, why do we pray to God? Because of multiple places in the Bible it it says to ask for anything if we believe. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, I think to start with on prayer, why do we pray, is to develop a relationship with God. Mm. You have mentioned several times... Um, in my years, as a a friend and someone in your ministries that you lead, um, you have mentioned that you know Shelby's voice when she calls and you answer the phone, you don't even have to look at the uh, caller ID because you can just pick it up, you hear her voice. You know it's her straight yeah. off, off the bat. right. Um, so the more that we have communication with God, the better we are able to understand his voice when he is speaking to us. And God speaks to us each in different ways. We don't live in a a world anymore where God has to speak to us through prophets. He doesn't have to speak to us. He doesn't have to appear to us in a burning bush. Um, He doesn't have to have these huge interjections with us because we already have his word in the form of the Bible and in the form of Jesus' gospel. So... He doesn't have to do those things the way that we think. Now, I, I do know some people who say they have heard the audible voice of God, and if if mm-hmm. you have somehow had that experience, I think that's amazing. I have not personally had that. I have learned throughout my time in prayer um, that God speaks to me through um, what I call God nudges. Mm. So like it's it's a it's a pit in the center of my stomach that I can just feel this like deep pull, yeah, to do something. Right. And I know it's right for me if I feel that pull. I moved to Wichita Falls because I felt that pull. Oh, yeah, I took a leap of faith, put myself in a very right. um like financially dangerous position <laughs> to move to Wichita Falls and yeah. take a leap on a career change. Right. And through that, I found colonial. Through colonial I found my husband, through my husband I now have my beautiful children. Mm-hmm. The life that I have today is because I felt a God nudge to take a leap of faith that made absolutely no logical sense. Right. But has led to everything that everything that I am today is because right. of that one God nudge. So if I didn't have that communication with God and I didn't have my experience getting to know God and and how he speaks to me, I would not have followed his calling. Sure. And so it's if you don't have that relationship, if you don't know how God speaks to you, mm-hmm. you might not be talking to him enough. Wow. And I think that's the core of prayer. Sure. And then the other part of prayer is not because he needs it, but because we need it. Wow. I need to know that God is beside me. I need to, go to know that God is listening because when there's nobody else that I can turn to who understands my pain and nobody else who can ease my pain or... or who I can fully celebrate my joys with, I know that God is the one that can. So I need to be able to to have him hold me and have him comfort me. I need to be able to have him celebrate with me and share in all aspects of my energy, you know, everything that I'm feeling because... I need that. I need my God to be a part of every aspect of my life and how do I do that if I'm not communicating to him? Sure. So it's a I think a lot of people have that misinterpretation of we pray because we're asking for something. Sure. And I don't think that that's the case. It can be. Sure. It can be the case, but if you if you're focusing your prayers only on what you're re- requesting, I tend to think of that like you're treating him like the genie in the lamp, and oh, yeah, you're yeah. you're just coming long <laughs> enough to like rub the lamp, <laughs> pop right. on up. Here's what I need. God, can you yes. do it? Yes or no? Uh-huh. If you can't, okay, go back in your lamp, God. Thank right. you. Um, so it's you you can't treat it like that. Um, to the other topic, is it okay if I just roll right on through this because totally, I yeah. have a thought. Go so for it. Yeah. When you talk about um praying, God says, Ask and you shall receive, you're taking that verse out of context. Mm. Which is very common. Yeah, but if you look at that particular verse, it's seen in each of the gospels. And if you look at them synoptically, meaning like you line up um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it is mentioned in each of the books. Right. I think it's John sixteen, um, Mark eleven, Matthew seven, Luke, maybe, uh-huh. but yep, Luke,
0: yep, Luke, Luke,
1: something, something. Oh, man. I thought I had it. Um, <laughs> but if you look at them synoptically, lining them up side by side and yes. looking at the verses as they fit in, you will see that it in each of those gospels, it is specifically talking about um, when we get to heaven, we will no longer need Jesus to speak on our behalf. Mm. So now we're here on earth. We are praying in the name of Jesus. We are praying... Um, you know because of Christ's sacrifice we have been given this salvation we have been given this grace and therefore what when we get to heaven we will be with him and we won't need to to filter our purse through him in that oh, yeah, way yeah. or we won't need to we won't need to pray and well see that sounds bad we're not filtering our purse through Jesus Jesus and God are the same but we're right. we won't have to be um thinking about the price that was paid because we're in heaven, we're with God. So uh, when you look specifically at John 16, 24, um, Jesus is specifically saying, when you get to heaven, when you ask God something, he will give it to you right then and there because you'll you'll be with him, you'll understand the fullness of eternal life with him. he'll have no need to deny you anything because the things that you're asking for can be manifested right at that second with the the snap of a finger, you know? Um, So he's speaking in those terms of eternal life. There are other points in the other gospels where it's talking about gaining knowledge. It's not talking about you get every single thing that you ask for um, if you have enough faith. It's saying that without having a full faith, when Mm. you pray, nothing can ever come to fruition if you don't have that full faith. You can't receive a full knowledge of a situation unless you pray and ask for it. So if I'm trying to figure something out, I'm trying to discern something from God, what that scripture is talking about is come to God, Ask him the question and he will give you
0: the answer. Yeah, while you were talking, I looked up John 16 mm-hmm. and uh, verse 23 leads into what you're talking about, which is 24. Mm-hmm. And it says, At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth, you will ask the Father directly and he will grant your request because you use my name. Mm-hmm. You have done this before. Ask using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. Mm-hmm. But it does speak to that direct relationship. Yes. You're going to ask the Father directly, yeah. almost like saying face-to-face. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, it's not this intercessory prayer Yes. Thing, I don't but, have yeah. to
1: think about, I don't have to go to what I know from Jesus' words. Sure. I can ask
0: God myself. Right. Which is, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I hadn't really thought about it that way.
1: Well, um, and then you go to, uh, I think it's... Matthew seven, seven. Mm-hmm. Ask and you shall receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened unto you. Right. A lot that's what I'm talking about when I say that's where we're talking about knowledge. That's where we're talking about the understanding and the discernment of what God is saying to us. Oh it's yeah, not, yeah. it doesn't mean from my understanding, yeah. it doesn't mean hey, God, I would like a million dollars. And I really, really believe that you can make this happen (laughs) for me. I have a faith that'll move mountains, God. So so why can I not have this million dollars? Well, because that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about discernment of life's, decisions of your Mm -hmm. movements of your interactions of being more christ-like to other people and saying like god i don't understand why i should forgive this person can you please give me an understanding i'm asking you to help me make sense of this tragedy that i've experienced or this suffering Mm -hmm. something that's making me question my faith yes i'm coming to you and i'm asking you why yes and that is what god will give you it's almost
0: this like uh uh, that's a really, I think that's a really good, Matthew 7 is a really good picture of God's parenting of us, the fathering yes, of us. Yes, yes. Um, and... Because when my kids come and ask me for certain things, I'm thinking about it as, as a dad now. Absolutely. When my kids come and ask me for certain things, if the answer is no, I try to give them understanding. Absolutely. It's not just simply no, mm-hmm. um, but it, it's always led with understanding. Right. Or if it's yes, if there's also an understanding to yep. to that that comes. I think that's really interesting because that does speak directly to that, that louder part of the question. Um, you know... <clears throat> I've heard before, uh, actually, I actually had an experience with this, um, it's been, gosh, I don't know, eight years ago maybe now, um, that I went to a conference, mm-hmm. and one of the pastors that was speaking at the conference was declaring in the room that his mother had pancreatic cancer, mm. and he prayed in faith, mm-hmm. and God healed his mom. hmm and so I went up to him because some of you, most of you guys know my story. Yeah. I even said it this weekend. My mom died from pancreatic cancer. Absolutely. And yeah. so I asked him, I said, So are you saying that because I didn't have enough faith, that's why God didn't heal my mom? And he just downright told me yes. Like oh, that was what the... no. So it sent me in this like, Spiral, okay, I need yeah. to. Do I, I need to either figure out if that's true, mm-hmm. and if it is true, what what do I need to work through? Mm-hmm. And this this understanding of prayer, um, I think God did answer my prayer uh, for my mom, um, but I also think He gave me understanding for the things that were happening. Absolutely, because I can look back and say that's why I said I said on this uh, on on stage this weekend that it. Was quite possibly the best worst day of my life, and yeah. I, it, that's weird to describe mm-hmm. uh, the death of a loved one as the best worst day. Mm-hmm. But there's so much in my life now that would have never happened if that tragedy had not occurred. Exactly. And so I feel like God has given me both understanding of what occurred, but also, um, I guess, uh, he's given me he's given me purpose. Like he's given me. Uh, he's taken that circumstance and he's morphed it and changed it and and turned it into something that I could look at now you mm-hmm. know 16 years later as a blessing absolutely yeah that I you know I don't ever want to say it's a blessing to lose a loved one because that no. it, it's it, it's really painful yeah. but but like there's so much that I have now in my life mm-hmm. um, maybe not as a direct result but definitely as an outcome absolutely of some of those things
1: absolutely I'm a product of my pain yeah. and my suffering, right? And I, I had my primary trauma in my life, which I've spoken about uh, several times here. Um, but I, I look at that experience as a blessing mm-hmm. because the trajectory that my life was on was not a healthy one. Yeah. And had I not had that suffering which I will always stand by. You said it last week on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I will stand by the fact of God did not cause that suffering. Right. Um, we live in a fallen world with evil that is yep. allowed to roam and mm-hmm. you know, bodies that are meant to break down, mm-hmm. and they do that. Evil sometimes has its way and, and bodies sometimes break down. So your mom being taken was not God taking her from you. Right and it was not God causing evil to happen to me. Sure. It is a product of our world, and God took our brokenness and our our suffering, and he turned it into something beautiful. Yeah. Because I love who you are today. I love who I am today. Sure. Um, and we would not be those people. Exactly. Without that.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And
1: we can't understand the depth of God's love Unless we understand the depth of human suffering, yes, because well, they contrast.
0: Absolutely, I think you're right. I think it comes. I think it it it, um, it it makes me think of what the enemy meant for destruction. Mm-hmm. That God will take and He will turn for good. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as a little side note, every time we talk about pain and suffering, uh, one of the things that has, I guess, helped maybe maybe it's helped me process pain and suffering, is there's never another time in our life that we get to experience God the Comforter Mm -hmm. than when we are in the midst of pain. Absolutely. Because one day, there will be no tears, there will be no sorrow, there will be no suffering. Mm -hmm. We don't need God the Comforter. Mm -hmm. And so as we experience God here on earth and in the struggles that we have in this life, mm-hmm. we get to experience mm-hmm. God, the comforter. Yep. And so I think about, I think about that pretty often. Well, that's really awesome. I want to, want to ask these, there's t- two more questions, uh, right along the, the same lines. Sure. Um, when we pray, are we praying to God, the father, God, the son or the Holy spirit? And in whose name do we ask these things? So like when you're closing out Mm. your prayer, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, you you hear people say, um, you know, in the name of Jesus or in Jesus' name, uh, is there a construct that we are supposed to follow when it comes to our prayer? Mm -hmm. So I guess, are we praying to God the Father, God the Son, or the God the Holy Spirit, and then... Uh, in whose name do we pray?
1: Yeah. I I mean, there is a construct that's given scripturally that says, when you pray, pray in this way, our Father who art in heaven. Exactly. And so, um, that is one argument that could be made if we're Mm -hmm. looking just at scripture itself. But Mm -hmm. when you look at the whole of scripture, I would argue that the answer is no. There's no right or wrong way to pray as long as you're talking to God. Sure. And I think that when we are speaking of to whom are we praying, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, um, I would argue all three, three mm. in one. I mm-hmm. would argue you're speaking to all three at the same time because you are. I mean, right. The where I think um, for me, it comes back to is um, who's going to respond to my prayer, Um, I might be in a moment where I need the Holy Spirit to come in and, and I need to have something that I can feel, and that's the Spirit. Um, I might need discernment, and I believe that that's the Father. I might need a friend and companion, and mm-hmm. that's the Son. You know, or I might need to to speak to something that has to do with my salvation or a sacrifice, and that's the Son. You know, I feel like there are different areas. The reason why God is three in one is because there are different areas of our lives that we have to um, connect with Him. Yeah. And so I I believe that we're praying to God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And what we need in that moment is what part of it comes back to us. What part of Him? Sure. Well, and
0: yeah, I think that um, that's on Him to discern for us. Exactly. I mean, He will respond in the way that He he responds. I do think there is a construct, like you said, there there is a construct for us to pray that, um, I mean, the Lord's prayers specific about that. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Mm-hmm. Um and then I also think that in in closing, you know, I, I don't close my prayer with, you know, a prayer towards uh God all the time. Like mm-hmm. I, sometimes I just say amen and that's it. I don't clarify who's in, in whose name. But I do, yeah. but I do often pray and say in Jesus' name. I feel like I say of, it all the time. Yeah. Because actually. of the Because of the, no one comes to the Father but through me. Exactly. So I think my access to God is because of Jesus, therefore Mm -hmm. I say in Jesus' name. Well, and it
1: kind of goes back to what we were talking about with John 16. Sure. We will have a day where we can talk to God face to face, but until that day, we are uh, coming alongside Jesus. We are speaking with Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit, and so sometimes I think it is necessary for us to recognize the, yeah, the sa- I, I almost feel like it's an honoring of the
0: sacrifice, right? Like in a, in agreement with mm-hmm. what He has done on the cross, mm-hmm. because yeah. I
1: acknowledge that that He is a part of this equation. Yes,
0: yes, but I also I, I do want to say this too. I don't. I, I I agree with you. I don't think it's as rigid as. You know, if you don't do it this way, then it's not working, <laughs> yeah. or it's not an effective prayer. Yeah. So um,
1: this is where we get into the stickiness of yes, legalism and like, right. oh, can I wear jewelry or not? Can yep. I eat certain things or not? Can I uh, say certain things or not? What? Uh, yeah.
0: Whew. And I I do think that <clears throat> if if God, in fact, um, like we we uh, agree with here at Colonial, is The Godhead, three in one, Mm -hmm. um, the Father, Son, and the Spirit. Uh, I think He knows who we're talking to. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So I just, I wouldn't get so, um, uh, I personally, my, you know, if someone were asking me this question, um, I wouldn't get so bogged down with, Mm. um, Those types of things with it, I yeah. would just say, if you're praying to the Lord, you're
1: mm-hmm. you're
0: you're wanting to hear from Him, you're giving space for Him to speak to you, mm-hmm. then I think that's I think that's, that's effective prayer.
1: Well, and sometimes, so I have a reminder on my phone. Uh, the Bible app gives me a reminder every day, yeah, to take time to pray. Yeah, and it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I could be mid conversation. If that pops up, I will pray. If I'm having a conversation, like it could pop up right now, I'm having a conversation with you, and if I see it while you're talking, I'm going to go, God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for everything that I have. I love you so much. Amen. And like it doesn't matter what I'm saying, sure. but I try to always remember that it's moment. just that
0: conscious awareness. Of, exactly. Yeah. And I think personally, I think that that's what prayer really is. Mm-hmm. I think we think of prayer as so transactional. mm mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. Which is kind of what you said with the genie, you know. That yeah. I I think of it as like a vending machine. We try to yeah. like input our request and and See what press comes the out. right button, mm-hmm. and here's what comes out. Oh, um, I
1: didn't want the Snickers. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops.
0: Whoops. Um, maybe I didn't say in the name of the right person. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, I think of it as this like awareness. So I, yes, I have moments where I am very intentionally having dialogue with God. Absolutely. But at the same time, most of my day is spent with this in, inner dialogue, um, conscious awareness of God. Yeah. Um, it's what directs my thoughts and um, causes me to <laughs> be challenged in moments um, when my thoughts move where they shouldn't, and mm-hmm. um, it's this conscious awareness, this this um, walking with God yes. each and every day.
1: Are you familiar with breath prayers? No. Okay, so I took a class um, yeah. when I was doing my graduate degree, and um, I had a professor who wrote an entire book on breath prayers. Oh, wow. And I was fascinated by the concept because it is basically as you take steps... Um, you breathe in your, your, what you're saying to God and you breathe out, um, thanking him for something. So you breathe in a, I guess if we're doing this vending machine style, you breathe in a request or a thought and you breathe out acceptance of his answer. Um, and it's just something you can do while you're walking from your car into your house. You're walking from here to the bathroom or whatever the case may be. Just as you're walking, if you allow him to be part of your steps and your breathing, um, it's a practice that becomes very habitual. Mm. And we did an exercise where we got into a, a labyrinth, um, which is just basically like a, a maze. I mean, there's tons of different ways you can do labyrinths, but this one was a maze of tiles where you had to follow a walking path. Okay, And so we did that. He played music, and as we walked, we had to do breath prayers the entire time. And it's interesting what comes up when you're trying to focus on your steps, breathing, Hmm. praying all at the same time, because it becomes a part of... Your essence. It's almost yeah. like you're. You have to draw in the Holy Spirit when you breathe. Yeah, in that's order interesting. To, yeah, it's a. It's a very um, feely type of it, prayer. It's experiential. It's a experiential yeah, prayer. Yeah. Um, but it's cool.
0: Which I think we, I think a lot of what we do is in modern day Christianity is we we forego a lot of the experiential mm-hmm. aspects of engaging with the Father. Yes. Do you remember what that book's called? I, I believe it's just
1: called Breath Prayers. Okay. I'm going to try and look oh, it Oh, no, it's Pray Like You Breathe.
0: Pray Like You Breathe. Yeah, and okay. it's
1: by Houston
0: Heflin. Pray Like You Breathe. Okay, I'm going to try and include that in our show notes.
1: Yeah, it's great. I'll send you a link if I can find it. I have it's... a copy somewhere in my house.
0: Okay. We're going to try and put that in the show notes in case anybody, any of you are interested in this experiential prayer, something mm-hmm. that maybe you, you might adopt in your in your walk, yeah. um, and it might be something that you take on as... A way to commune with God. I think it's mm-hmm.
1: cool. I know a couple of our ladies who have a walking club. and
0: That's really cool. It'll be fun. Yeah. Okay, well, let's move on to this uh, third question on this. Um, what, uh, Why pray if God already has your life planned out? He already knows. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think we've talked a little bit about that already. Sure. But I wanted just to honor the question and ask it as it was uh, written to us. So why pray if God has your, li- has your life planned out? He already knows. Oh, okay. Um,
1: I have some thoughts. Okay. Yeah. That I don't know if we're going to be copacetic for this (laughs) conversation. But my personal, I'm going to highlight that. It's my personal. I'm not speaking on behalf of Colonial Church or Tanner Hodges, but if you have complaints, (laughs) T. Hodges. Thanks, yeah. Um, (laughs) So my personal belief is that, yes, God knows what we are going to choose. Um, God knows what the end of our life looks like. He can mm-hmm. see... He is all-seeing, all-knowing, omnipotent, omniscient, everything. Um, he knows. But I personally do not believe that he has my life so mapped out to the letter that he knows... I mean, he does know. He can look at any point and see what sure. I'm going to choose. But I believe that I have the free will. That he has determined that, what those that steps he has will de- be. Yeah. I don't believe that he has said, okay, Kelly... You're going to choose me because otherwise, me personally, I don't understand why I would be here on earth if I wasn't exercising my free will to choose a life with him or a life without him.
0: Yeah. See, I think you are speaking for me. Okay. Yeah.
1: But I'm not speaking for a colonial churches in case anybody gets mad.
0: Well, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll be honest, I, I don't exactly I am not sure that we've had this conversation at, at leader at leadership level. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not really sure what Lauren believes about this. Yeah. Or what maybe Brooke believes about this yeah. or some of our elders. Yeah. But I know for me personally, I I uh I agree. I don't think I don't think each step is uh predetermined. Right. I think each step is known mm-hmm. by God. Mm-hmm. Um but that he gives us the choice Mm -hmm. to make. And that's why I think prayer is, is both necessary and effective. Absolutely. Um, I
1: think that there's, I've always said, I believe um, that we are walking a path um, where the path that we are set out on and the path that God intends for us is the path that leads straight to him from the time I'm born to the time that I die. My path is headed straight for him. mm. And the thing the experiences that I encounter um, the ways that Satan does intervene in my life mm-hmm. or humanness gets to me sure. I have the option to continue to stay forward and keep my eyes focused on him and I can and I can find ways to overcome those obstacles that get laid in my path I can step around them whatever the case may be I can make those choices or I can make a choice that takes me off of that path, and now I'm headed elsewhere. Right. Um, doesn't mean I can't hop back on the path at any point. Sure. I can. Yep. But I could make a decision that takes me off the path and, right. f- and fully away from Him. Right. So I have to be aware of my decisions, and I think that God allows us that option. He allows us that sure. free will, because I don't believe He wants any of us to be forced to love Him and be Mm-mm. with Him. When we're talking about eternity, I think He knows that, we need to want to be there,
0: right? Sure. So
1: it's it's highlighted throughout Scripture. Yes. the the fact that we have a choice. Yes. So hey, yeah,
0: and I would continue that thought too and just reiterate what I believe we've already articulated in in our podcast today is God is Father, and and any good Father wants a relationship with Absolutely. his kids, and so. Just because he knows what's going to happen does not mean he wants us to lose that relational aspect. 100%. Now, if you define prayer as this this um, this uh, correlation between asking and receiving, then it makes sense that you might forego prayer if God already knows everything sure. or whatever. Because it's a transactional
1: exactly. encounter.
0: Yeah. But if prayer is a relationship, which I believe it is, and Absolutely. the colonial believes it is, mm-hmm. um, then... The vocation, I've said it this way before, and I'll say it this way on the podcast today. Our vocation as followers of Jesus is to discern the heart and the will of God and Mm -hmm. to implement that into our life. Mm -hmm. And so I think prayer, along with uh, reading scripture and being in community with other believers, Mm -hmm. so that conviction can be affirmed or challenged in the context of community— Um, I believe all those things play a significant role in us being able to fulfill our vocation of discerning the heart and the will of God. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why uh, prayer matters, even if God already knows what's happening. Word. So, yeah. Cool. Thank you for all that. I like that. Um, I hope
1: that made sense. There were times where I felt like I might have been talking in circles, so...
0: That's what I do often.
1: If you want to make sense of what I'm saying, um, get a Remarkable tablet and jot down some notes if you you can find it. You need the Remarkable.
0: (laughs) You need the Remarkable. That's what you need. (laughs) Okay, well, that's uh, are you asked for it questions for our podcast today. So let's talk about, um, I got to do our teaching this past weekend. You
1: did.
0: And I was uh, incredibly nervous, but I had the support of my church, which was awesome. Sure did. Um, even got made fun of by the uh, Dijon-colored Your, shirt I was wearing.
1: Man, I thought it looked very beautiful. Thank you.
0: Charlie Brown vibes. Actually, yes. <laughs> and I will accept that because I, I love say. Charlie Brown.
1: Thank I will you. accept that. Yes.
0: <laughs> but we are in this series on Acts, which we've done. Um, we've we've gone back to the book of Acts um, the last three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, slowly making our way as a church community through the Book of Acts, mm-hmm. I believe Acts is foundational for any follower of Jesus. Absolutely. I think I think we have to have a thorough understanding of um, the Acts of the Apostles and early church and mm-hmm. how it was formed and what they were what was some of the issues they were facing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's incredible uh, how many issues that they faced then that we currently face now. So true. Um, You just don't think about it that way, and so it's such a good reminder. So we've been uh, we've been in uh, Acts, and so we started with Acts eighteen to try and finish the chapter, which is the beginning. Really, we're picking up with Paul, and so we've called this section a journey with Paul, absolutely, because that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, we talked about in Acts eighteen, we talked about a couple of different things. Uh, We talked about. Um, in Acts 19, covert idols, mm-hmm. um, different ways that we make idols in our life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in Acts 18, we talked about, I, I don't think I actually even said it, um, but Acts 18, we talked about how do you know that your life has been changed by Jesus right, yeah. and what are some tell telltale signs of, mm-hmm. of that. And so, and then in Acts 20, I focused on the passion of Paul. Yeah. So I focused on uh, what... What propels Paul forward? Because he experiences lots of hardship, mm-hmm. um, lots of suffering, mm-hmm. and what is that thing that compels him forward? Is it simply an obedience to the Spirit of God, mm. or is there something else to that as well? And mm-hmm. so I kind of focused mm-hmm. on that. What are some What are some things from this teaching that? stood out to you from Acts 20 itself uh, because there's so much in Acts 20. We didn't get to to hardly any of the content (laughs) in Acts 20. Um, Yeah. What are some things to you that um, stood out to you?
1: Well, first of all, I have long been a fan of Paul um, for a variety of reasons, but... Highlighted in this particular section is one of my favorite things where he's like, if you don't get to heaven, don't blame me. Yeah, that's, I, I do like I that. did my job. I do like that. He's like, if
0: anyone's not with the bother, I uh-huh, did not I shirk I from my responsibility. I did my best,
1: y'all. <laughs> I do like that, yeah. and To me, it was just like a tired parent going yes. like, I, I told you I, to yes, put exactly your shoes that. away and that's now you tripped right. on them. And what what do you get? <laughs> so I was just, I laughed at that. That's
0: funny. Because I was like, oh, I feel ya. Yeah.
1: Um but so that first I love and then the rest of it I just love that he is speaking to guys I'm I'm probably not going to see you again. Mm. This is my last chance right. to drive this point home and mm-hmm. I'm doing everything in my power um to make sure that you know how amazing mm-hmm. Jesus is, how amazing God is mm-hmm. and and what he's done for you. Right. And so it's just it's almost, you can almost feel the intensity of that moment because he does know that what's coming for him. Right. And um, it's almost like that dying wish yes, yes, of, yes. I have to, this is the last thing I get to say to you, so I'm going to say everything that I possibly can right That's here. right. Right here. I'm
0: going to lay it out long. I'm going to put it all, it all out, out here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so
1: I, I love that you can feel that in the words that he's saying. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. He um, he's going out. So Acts twenty is his it's his last mission, mm-hmm. and he's coming back. We we pick up with him coming back into Jerusalem, mm-hmm. which has been the center hub. That's been the hub of sure. of the mission and the church growing and advancing, and um, it's the mother church, so to yes, speak. Yes, yeah. Um, and so he's headed back into Jerusalem, but he's going out, and he's been uh, as a last. Kind of hurrah, so to speak, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is encouraging all these other places that he that a lot of them he helped create, mm-hmm. he helped launch these churches and yeah. And I focus specifically on his interaction with the Ephesian leaders, yeah, church in Ephesus, of course, because um, that's where he. He just he just lays it out for them. Oh my goodness! You know yeah. you've seen my life. You've seen the things that I have done. You know that this is some. There's something bigger that compels me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also uh, highlighted that um, you know he was a tent maker by trade. That's what he did. Yes. But it's also something he was very interested in doing. Mm-hmm. He uh, he put he puts a, um he puts it in there a couple of different times. We see that um, he was making tents as a way to make money for the people that were traveling with him. Mm-hmm. And so he uses his tent making, his interest of tent making to fulfill his, his overall to be calling, able to carry his, out passion. his mission. Yeah. yeah. And so I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, how we, we tend to, uh, we tend to over identify ourselves in today's society, over identify ourselves with the things we're interested in. Absolutely. And I think sometimes it, um, it it presents a challenge for having this bigger why, having this bigger purpose in mm-hmm. our life. And when we do have this bigger purpose in our life and we experience a level of difficulty with it, mm-hmm. we're not used to experiencing challenge and difficulty. And right. so it can push us away from our calling and our passion because we've confused passion and interest. Yeah. And absolutely. so that's what we were talking about Uh about this weekend and um, trying to identify... There's something... There's this bigger why in our lives that we are called to say yes to, and even in the middle of those those things that we determine are worth suffering for, mm-hmm. um, nothing's going to stop us. And I said, uh, uh, towards the end of our conversation, I just said... It's those things that we find in our life that are worth suffering for that are celebrated at the end of our lives, mm-hmm. and it's often uh, in finding that which is worth suffering for um, that helps us discover what is worth living for, yeah, um, so what I want to ask you in that context is, um, what are you passionate about i I talked about how. The suffering that I experienced at the loss of my mom, mm-hmm. um, the pain that that caused, the fallout in my family, the, mm-hmm. the change of dynamic of my family. Um, I, now, you know, years later, God's bringing clarity into my life about... Why I'm passionate about faith, family, and community, mm-hmm. and how do you live that well, and how do you help yeah. other people understand how to build that? Mm-hmm. That's part of my ministry that has been there for for years now. Yeah, I'm just now in the in the context at Colonial where I can actually lead in a in a larger way, larger capacity for our church with that. Absolutely. Uh, but I I look at what I experienced there and saw how God was developing that into this life calling. Mm Uh, it's the thing that I just, I know no matter what I do for a vocation, no matter what I'm interested in, Mm -hmm. it's really all pointing towards that. Yeah. So do you have something like that in your life? Do you have like, what are you passionate about? What's, what's something that, um, that you feel like God has placed in your life, like as a call, or are you still discovering that?
1: I think to an extent for me Individually, I'm still discovering that. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to my overall purpose, I do genuinely feel like God has given me a calling as a mom. Mm. Everything that I do is completely centered around loving my kids yeah. and um, preparing them for their futures and yep. instilling love for God in them. Because if I do that and then they pass that down to their children and so on and so forth, if I do it well, Mm. I'm hopeful that it paves a way for that to continue to be. Because I do feel like we're living in a world where faith is dying. Mm. And it's not dying slowly. It's dying rapidly. Yeah, it is. And um, if I can keep my kids moving it forward, then I have an impact on the kingdom, and that's what God wants me to be used for, mm-hmm. um, for spreading his word. And the quickest way to do that is through my kids. Now, I also feel like he gives me that interest when it comes to to speaking to people. I feel that way about evangelism quite yeah. a bit and, and talking to others about my faith. Um, So I think that God has given me that passion. He's just given me a passion. Sounds weird. He's given me a passion for talking. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) No. I mean,
0: that's. But that's. I think that's one of the giftings that we see uh, in faith. Yes. Yeah. Is the ability to do that and to express thought and. Yes. um, When I hear you say uh, passion for talking, what I hear you saying is giving people vocabulary for what they didn't already have. Absolutely. Yeah. Giving them something handles to be able to grab a hold of and go you're articulating for them what they didn't know how to articulate for themselves.
1: Exactly, And I think that everything in my life has led me to that point of being able to share my faith. Like I, I was just um, talking to someone earlier today about the fact that I am an open book in all areas of my life, which absolutely annoys my husband (laughs) because he's like, why are you telling people like, all everything about that you've thought you like what you had for breakfast this morning Uh and i'm like because i like to share i don't know um i'm an open book you can ask me a question and i will not hide the answer ever um because it's a foreign concept to me to not just be willing to share Mm -hmm. so that has put me in some unique positions sure to be (laughs) i kid you not at the gas station talking to somebody about faith. Wow. At the swimming pool, talking to somebody about faith. Mm-hmm. I can't even tell you how many conversations have just organically come up because I'm an open book. Yeah. Um and I just have I have no fear of sharing. Right. Um, I have no fear of oversharing. I don't necessarily get embarrassed when I overshare, like some people do. I don't have boundaries. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So yeah, I, I think you. God has given me that passion, and I think to some level He's given me that gifting in order to be able to do that, um, and and do it comfortably. I don't think that everybody has that comfort level.
0: Yeah. Do you think it's there, okay? A couple of things that I'm thinking. Uh, in the moment, one you started with, I think God maybe ha- maybe has given me a passion or a calling as a mom. Yeah. Do you see that? Because uh, you we were a teacher for a, for mm-hmm. a lot of years. Mm-hmm. Even now, the job that you do is preparing mm-hmm. uh, preparing high school students for the workforce mm-hmm. and for college. It's college and career readiness. Yeah. And, um, that's that for a long time has been right in this forefront of. What you have done? Yeah. Do you see that as as um, an interest that has informed maybe your your calling Absolutely. as a mom?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Because I look at every opportunity with my kids as a teachable moment, or like as a yeah. as an opportunity to instill something. Right. And then it they correlate because then my students become my kids, or like people yeah. that I interact with become my kids, and yeah. so it's being a teacher has enhanced my ability to love my kids well. And then being a mom has enhanced my ability to teach others well and connect with others. So I think they've they've fed each other. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. And that's, I I think, I think I see, I I definitely see that in your life uh, Mm -hmm. for as long as we've been friends. Mm -hmm. I've seen, I've seen just that level of intentionality in uh, the teacher mindset, Yeah. yeah. you know, know, really, (laughs) um, I think that's really interesting. And then when you talk about, um, I think you said overshare, like I like to overshare. Oh, sure. But do you equate that to a level of, like for me, if I'm going to say, if I'm gonna say I, I will be the first to say that I overshare a lot. Oh,
1: yeah. That's why we get um, along.
0: I think so. <laughs> I overshare a lot. But I will rationalize that as authenticity.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like,
0: I wonder how many. Like, there. I'm. Sh- I'm positive. Uh, there are instances where it's a security measure for me to overshare. Mm. Um, that's not necessarily because I'm committed to authenticity. Sure. Um, but I think more often than not, um, my desire to be open with my struggles, with mm-hmm. my arguments, with uh, I mean. How many times have you seen as a, as a as a really close friend of me and Shelby? Mm-hmm. How many times have you seen us have marital conversations today in front of you? Yeah, today. today no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, a lot. But I but I will I will rationalize. I, maybe rationalize isn't a good isn't a good way of saying that. I think sometimes I rationalize it. But more often than not, it's a, it's comes from this desire to be authentic, to be real, yeah. um, to be who I am, no matter what context I'm yeah, in. Yeah, there's no curtain. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Do you see that um, you said, that I don't know how many people, there may, may there's, but there are some people who don't really have a comfort level with, yeah. with those things. Do you think it's because of uh, lack of inauthent- inauthenticity? Ooh. Or do you think it's because, I know I'm, I'm getting... Ooh. I'm not saying that's what it is. Okay. (laughs) I'm just saying, do you see it as that? Or is there a, uh, is there, is there like a higher drive that would cause someone to maybe not live their life? Like you just, you mentioned uh, your husband, Mm -hmm. mentioned Daryl and saying, you know, Daryl doesn't share every detail of everything. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are a lot of times when he doesn't want anything Mm -mm. shared with Mm -mm. anybody. Mm -mm. I don't know. It's not always because he he wants to keep a secret. Like no, it's not, yeah, it's not that. Yeah. Um. So do you see it as a? That's. I guess that's what I'm trying to articulate. Yeah,
1: I think it comes down to to our spiritual callings and our yeah. identity in Christ. Um, Daryl is a servant. Like yeah. that. That is his spiritual gifting, mm-hmm. and that is that is his identity. Is right. he? Um. He may not be the person that you want to sit down and have him counsel you. He would be the first one to be like, don't have me give (laughs) you advice, bro. Um, So so he may not be the person that you want to sit down and have him give you words of wisdom um, or he'll he'll listen while you talk and he'll give you his honest experience from his own life that he can maybe relate to you on. Um, But he is more servant natured. What can I do? I am more of... How can I sit here and have this conversation with you? And and while I'm talking to you, he'll be, you know, fixing your roof fixing or something. something. Yeah, yeah, he'll be fixing something or he'll be hands-on doing something.
0: Um, he'll say yes to doing a lot of those things. Yes. Yeah, even, so, even at his detriment. Guess, yeah. Oh. Yes. Especially as a detriment. Yes. Was- <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: so there are, he's the doer and I'm the the speaker, I guess. So I'm going to be the one, which is why we have always said we make a great team, because right. if someone is hurting and someone is in need of, of us to love them well and love them in a Christ-like way, together we make each other better because I'm going to be the one laying hands and praying over somebody and he's going to be the one washing their feet. It, yeah. You you need both. Wow! Um, and we all have different giftings, and it's and because we're not Jesus, we don't have all of those gifts in one. You're right. We might have one or two mm-hmm. or three mm-hmm. if we're lucky. Um, so
0: I think there are. Uh, I was having this conversation. Uh, I guess it was Sunday night uh, at small group mm-hmm. and talking about. I think there are a few vocations in life that make it a little easier for for a person's interest to become their calling. Yeah. I think being an educator is one of them. Absolutely. Uh, I think there are really practical ways that an educator can live out their, their calling. hmm uh, in, that, in that sphere, I think about uh, Jesse Thomas, who's yeah. uh, one of our church people. He's principal over at City View, mm-hmm. and I, I just see the way he serves his, his school yeah. and, and his staff and those, those students. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he's absolutely living in his calling. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about um, Shelby's principal uh, at, at Shepherd. Cindy, um, Mm -hmm. and I I see the way she loves. I get a unique unique perspective for her because of the way that she treats her staff. Sure. Um, And I I think she's absolutely living in her calling. I think so, education is one of them. Obviously, uh, you know, clergy is Mm -hmm. one like being a pastor or Mm -hmm. a leader on a church staff Mm -hmm. or working for a nonprofit Mm -hmm. in that way. I healthcare. think that's healthcare, I was thinking medical, yeah, medical mm-hmm. field, that's way, look, those are some very easy, mm-hmm. I, I, easy, I, I don't mean to diminish the no, work. No, 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 yeah. It's I just, just mean it, it's a little easier to see practical a obvious, ways. Yeah. Yeah, connection. For interesting calling. Um, but like I wonder, like with Daryl, a, a plumber, you know, mm-hmm. how, how do you use, uh, I wouldn't, I, I don't know that he's... Interested in plumbing. I think that's something (laughs) he's skilled at and has learned to provide for his family. I think he's interested in lots of other things. But even with him, I've seen him use his interest in golf to Mm -hmm. communicate and to have deep conversations with other people. He
1: invites people golfing all the time and Mm -hmm. the conversations that they have.
0: Wouldn't happen in in other places. It wouldn't happen in other places.
1: Even, you know. Even with plumbing, um, yeah. because he's a servant, I can't even tell you how many people, and this is not a recommendation, please don't call him every time you have a <laughs> stopped up toilet, but I can't even tell you how many people have called him yes. and said, um, my house is flooding and I'm in a panic. It's Saturday morning. I don't know who to call. I don't have a plumber that I use regularly. They've called Daryl and Daryl will, because he's servant minded, he yeah. will drop what he's doing and go over um, and, and help somebody. And... They'll offer to pay and he's like, no, this is what God, God allows me to use this skill yeah. Yeah. that I have turned into a vocation that I right. can now use to bless someone yeah. and he's done it weekly. Yeah. It's a weekly thing. It really is. And yeah. that's why I say, don't call him every time you have every a time. minor plumbing issue because
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> then I'll never see him. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But for, for big stuff, for emergencies, for times mm. when people can't, cannot afford help,
0: yeah you know? that's really that's really cool I, I I think I you know I would just encourage uh you know on the on the back of the teaching that we had on Sunday go back and read acts 20 soak in that there's so much there um, mm-hmm. I think really primarily acts 20 is about church leadership mm-hmm. um, that's not everybody else's world though so I, I I tried to hone in on what is propelling uh Paul forward but I really like the idea of. I would encourage you guys think about the, what the things that you're interested in, in life. How much of that has become your identity that shouldn't be your identity? Because mm-hmm. I think that's very um, that's a fine line that we can that we can um, really cross uh, often. But also, if there are interests that you that you have, are there unique ways that only you could see absolutely in fulfilling this higher calling, fulfilling mm-hmm. this higher purpose? Um, if you're wrestling with Uh, what is that higher calling? What is that higher purpose? Uh, What are some practical steps you can take to Mm -hmm. ask God to clarify, to bring clarity to some of those things? I think uh, reading Scripture is the primary way that you can do that. Why? Because Scripture informs a person on the heart of God, what the character of God is, so that you can recognize His voice when He speaks to you. Exactly. Which is why prayer is such an effective tool uh, to communicate with God. And so... I'd encourage you to do that. I want to finish with this, uh, with this question. Um, because we're, we're going to get, we're getting close on time here, mm-hmm. but I want to finish with this question and maybe you have a, a, a good answer for this and maybe you don't. And if not, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned, uh, you, you have been open on our podcast before and in different, several different conversations about your past and, um, some of the trauma that you have faced in your past. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I, again, I alluded to a lot of the pain in my life that has led to a, a passion forming in my life. Yeah. Something that I just can't not do. Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you this How has consequence and suffering informed your passion?
1: Mm. I think both have been vital. Yeah. Um, there are choices that I made. Mm hmm. And the suffering that I experienced was actually the consequence of my own choices and my own actions in mm. some cases. Yeah. Some of it, again, I'll say, like I said earlier, was just evil being evil. Mm. Um, and I couldn't control that. But um, my faith as it is today, my drive to share my faith and and to love God well and to Try to be a disciple of Jesus the best that I possibly can would not be what it is without both of those. Yeah. So, um, and then there have been different times where I have chosen something, I have actively done something, and I have had to see the consequences of those actions. There are times where suffering, I, I feel like suffering itself is out of our control. Yep. Consequences are us recognizing what was in our control and what we did wrong so that we can correct it. Right. So I think that you went when I am living out my passion, I'm learning all the time from the consequences of choices that I've made that were the wrong ones so that I can do better the next time. And then when I experience suffering, I know number one, um, how much God is there with me and how I can use that to fuel my passion to, to be with him more. Mm. Um, and I, I know better how to respond to other people who are suffering. And that has been key in my calling yeah. as an educator and as someone who counsels people. Um, because when I see them hurting, I know exactly how it feels. Yeah. And I can I can sit with them in it comfortably. Yes. So I, I've needed both for that.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. I, I like uh, some... Some people may not know this. Your graduate degree is in what?
1: Uh, ministry. Ministry. Yes. Mi- counseling specifically. Counseling specifically. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so I have seen you. I I mean, I, I have a unique perspective. Sure, sure. Not everyone has, but yeah. I've seen you utilize that degree mm-hmm. and that passion of meeting people in their pain mm-hmm. and uh, giving guidance and trying to give just presence. Most of the time, it's not even words of wisdom. It's just presence with yeah. people. Yeah. Um, I've seen you do that really well. Thanks. So I, I I affirm what you're saying. That's thanks. It's cool to it's cool to have these kind of contexts. Yeah. Uh, these these kind of conversations to see what we've experienced in life and yeah. to put words to it. To why be able to we see, are the way yeah, that we are. It's crazy. Yeah.
1: And and what led to that? Yeah. And just how much um. I won't take up too much of our time, but I did want to kind of touch back when you're talking about interest versus passion and and how much we have seen that in the way people serve at church Uh and the reasons why people serve. Mm -hmm. And if you're doing it because it's an interest, it's going to get you burnt out real quick. Real fast. But if you're doing it because you have a passion and a calling for it and God has led you here, you are going to be on fire. You like you're going to be having the best time. Yeah. And it's not it's not that you're going to have the best time every day. No, day. You're still going to get tired because that's life. Yes. But just the f- the fact that that can maybe when you were saying you encourage people to try to find out what it is that they're doing in their life is it an interest or is it a passion. Right. And is is your serving led by your interest or your passion? Yeah. Um and I think that that's huge and Rooted has been a huge help for a lot of people I yeah. know in discovering what that is, yeah. studying the scriptures, mm-hmm. having conversations like these, definitely. getting into a small group, having fellowship, yep. bouncing these ideas off of each other. Um, I mean, I I remember when Nora and I were having a conversation and she kind of discovered her passion yeah. through, through just fellowshipping with yes. everybody. Yeah. So um, I just wanted to affirm you and what you were saying of definitely go seek out. Yeah. How you can serve in a way that God is actually really calling you towards. Awesome. Well, thanks for that.
0: Yeah, and I would say um, she mentioned rooted. Um, that's definitely something something we're going to be uh, offering in the fall. Uh, a real quick and easy way for you to... Um, Fast track the connection. Fast track some uh, opportunity to plug in. As we've got uh, Discover My Colonial coming up June eleventh, um, you can sign up for that in our app, and that's a place for us to begin the process of making connection, uh, learning a little more about what Colonial believes, um, and being able to ask questions and go. I'm wrestling with this. What 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 does Colonial have uh, that can offer that we they could they could offer me in, in helping me discern some of those things. Um, We have a passion for helping people find their place Mm -hmm. um, and then develop people who will develop other people. Mm -hmm. So um, that's what our mission boils down to, making disciples who unite Wichita Falls and impact the world. We want to be able to uh, be learners and sharers of what we're learning. So... Um, well, that is uh, a wrap on episode 111. eleven. One eleven. This has been the E6 podcast from Colonial Church. Um, as always, you can get more information about Colonial at ColonialChurch.com or from our app. We have our own app. You can go to the App Store or the Google Play Store. You can download that. Um, Also, we'd love to hear from you, so send your questions or your feedback or anything like that to podcast at colonialchurch.com. You submit a question, maybe make make its way onto the podcast for a conversation for us to have. Um, But again, thanks for listening, and we will pick up our conversation again next week.